CJ De Palma, what's going on? What's up, Mr. John? How are you, man? <laughs> uh, it's weird not uh, saying Ben Jurowski and trying to pronounce That's his name right, right for the yeah. thousandth time. That's all right. Plenty of people mispronounce my name over the years. I feel like it's pretty easy to to say, but it happens. Have you guys um, heard from Ben at all? Has he texted anyone? Yeah, he uh, he he sent us all a video. So we had our our monthly meeting, and he sent us all a video today because he processed payroll and he was like, I paid you guys from deserted land. And then he was like, I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's no elk. And I was like, ha, that's what you get. <laughs> wow. He actually He's has to dead. process payroll on his own. He doesn't have a company that does that for him. Um, no, uh, no, Chris, uh, our CFO does it, but, um, but I think Ben has to finalize, finalize it. He doesn't like to be too disconnected. Mm, that's a, that's a good policy unless you want people taking all your money. Uh, right. That's why That's why he likes to finalize it usually. Wow. Good for him. Look at all the way up in the mountains. He couldn't even take a biweekly payoff. What the hell, man? He's a good guy. He's a, he's a good uh, – he's a good I, – I can't ever refer to Ben as the B-O-S-S word, so <laughs> I just like to say he's good to work with. Mm. I, uh, I call him a lot of things. It's never boss. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I do too. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I, I hope he's having fun trekking through the woods. I mean, I haven't heard anything from him, which absolutely guarantees he's not had a lot of hunting success, but hopefully it's still fun, like hanging out in the woods and camping and doing all that. So I hope he's having a good time. Yeah. I, um, uh, I, I couldn't imagine being totally disconnected for 30 days from the world. That would be pretty wild. Um, I do have a baby on the way, so Maybe in like a year, I'll be like, mm, that would be awesome. That's exactly mm. what I want. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I were disconnected for 30 days. I wouldn't be able to handle it. I'd definitely fidget too much. Yeah, no just start shooting arrows off like, you know. Well, my first problem is I would never know what time it is because I rarely wear my watch. I have a Garmin and I hardly ever wear it. And so I'm always checking time on my phone. You know, right. so I'd have to start wearing a watch. That'd be the first thing I'd have to start doing. Yeah. Um, so that would suck. But outside of then, I'd really be screwed because I don't like to read newspapers either. Like, I don't know how I'd get the news. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd have to go buy a Polaroid camera and mail memes to my friends. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know? I think that would be the, the best part it would have to be not having to watch the news. I think that would be what I would enjoy most is like to not have to hear about current events. It just like makes me upset. I'm just like, this is uh, people send me stuff all sides, all, all parties. And it's like, I don't care. Like, just I like, I don't care. I don't want to hear this. Then I do CrossFit or training or golf. I don't want to, I don't even want to learn about it. Well, I should have clarified most of my news is CrossFit news. Oh, there so, you go. That's true. There. That's well, you know, I'd, I'd miss out on like all the happenings that's going on in our community, but uh, I don't, I wouldn't know what to do. Well, yeah. tell everybody who you are. You've been on the show before, but we got people yeah. that, you know, listen, that are kind of new to the show. Tell me what you do for wide prep and, and why you're here. Yeah. Um, well, I'm here by default. I'm second in, <laughs> second in line. Ben's gone, and you were like, "I need someone," so um, I'm the I'm the cleanup guy. But um, but my name is Dr. CJ De Palma. I'm a PT. I'm the head coach at Wad Prep. I'm the head of our one on one coaching division, uh, and then I'm the head of our online training program. So I write all the programming. Um, I coach the coaches. Um, we control all the athletes, and um, yeah, uh, help create quite a few of our courses, weightlifting and this engine. Um, and I don't know, probably some more things within, within wide prep. And I'm a practicing physical therapist 
uh, currently I have a practice in Florida. Dude, I I need you here looking at my hand. We're going to talk about my hand injury over the course of this. Uh, yeah, you see a lot of hand injuries. That's yeah. a well, yeah. I'm a single dude, so that happens. <laughs> uh, no, I I don't know what I did to it, but it hurts like hell. We're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about some overtraining and dealing with injuries, which are two things I'm dealing with right now. So I thought it would be uh, a good topic having you come on. Cool. Let me get some uh, advice from you. And I'd had some people message me and are kind of dealing with the same stuff. So. Seem like a, a good thing. I'm I'm still training. I'm training for Wadapalooza, dude, and it is killing me. And it's just like you're ready to go. You should be in a full deload right now. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we're you know, obviously it's uh for like first week of January or so. Yeah, but you have so, to qualify first. No, no, no. I'm training for the gauntlet. Oh, oh, got it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not doing into your team. Yeah, you have to specify that. I, there's no way I would have been able to duck that. Um, come okay, on, come on. You. you really have any chance in hell at making? No, I've been told though. that you are sneaky fit. Is what I've heard from the peanut gallery. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm moderately fit for a guy my age, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know the. So you're familiar with the gauntlet, right? You've you've seen I've it before. Last year. Yeah, I've been. Yeah. You've done it? Have you you've done it? I did. Yeah, I did it last year. Well, why don't we start with I want to hear about your experience first before we talk about my training. Mm-hmm. What was your experience at the gauntlet like? So let's see. Um, it was I think we had five workouts. Let me see if I can process what they were first. Um, I remember two of them. You had a three rep max overhead squat. Overhead squat, and then it went into burpees and power snatches for like four rounds, like 10 and 10 or something like that. Yeah. You got a window to complete it in. And, um, and then it went into, it's like a two minute sprint on the echo bike, right? Two minute sprint on the echo bike. And then workout four was some flips, pig flips, handstand walks. Um, and then minute five was one of the hardest, like comboed workouts, I think it will, or workout five, it was wall walks and bar muscle ups. And that fucking crushed me. Like that was after all of that. I I couldn't imagine like single bar muscle ups and 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 not boasting, but I can do fifteen or twenty fresh, and I was at singles, and it was rough. Um, so it was it was pretty hot, and um, it, it really is all about finding your pace through your first three workouts, and they set it up to where it was very hard. So workout two was the sprint, or workout through three. I think it was workout three. I think it was. It was the lifts, the snatches, and burpees, and then the bike. Yeah, the bike was right in the middle, if I remember right. Yeah, and so that workout, or it was second, man, I can't remember. I think it was third. Um, that workout could would make or break the rest of the the rest of the bit because you could have went full send on the bike and then completely ruined yeah, the next twenty five minutes of your workout. <laughs> um, so I kind of kept it in the middle. Uh, I knew the the lift. They said you had, um, uh, like you had to hit in certain increments, like you had to do 275 from 225, but then you got out there and they didn't have that. So, um, which was nice. Uh, ben smoked me on that. I think I did 245. Um, he's much stronger than me. And then the, the power snatch burpee one was something that I felt I could push well on, uh, just because of the way that it was designed. It was short enough that you could kind of empty the tank because you got such a long rest into the bike. The pig flip was steady. Um, the 
And then the last one was just, you know, grind out what you could get. Um, but it was, it was hot, man. I mean, it really, it really compounds on you. You have to be able to look at it and make the decision of where you want to push and where you want to pace so that you're not completely flattened for the fourth and fifth piece of the workout. And you went in just like you didn't do anything special, right? Just Jerry, you just did your normal everyday training, just showed up and did it. Is that right? Or did you um, train yeah, for yeah. But I, I usually, I mean, so that was in when was was it in January last year, right? So I was in open training, that right? Sounds you know? right, yeah. So it was mid January. It was mid January, and uh, maybe even late. So I mean, it wasn't too far from the open. So a lot of my uh, conditioning was open-ish at that point. Um, I had kind of moved away from. Uh, this this is actually an amazing segue into our like over volume and, and things like that. So the majority of my year is spent doing like strength and strongman and machine work. And so before competitions is when I really start to hammer in a lot of the high contraction volume and CrossFit stuff. So by that point of the year, I was doing a lot of um, CrossFit, um, which, which is funny because yeah. the workout I did the worst on was the pig flip. And I hadn't done a lot of strongman stuff in a couple of months to that point. So um, that was my worst workout ironically which was pretty interesting now that would probably be my best workout based on where i am in my training season so yeah so no i didn't do anything anything different just popped in well so it's funny you say that because i'm i'm viewing this the same way like my real goal i haven't really talked about this on the air so you'll be the first my real goal is to do better in the open the the gauntlet is just my vehicle to stay motivated for the next 90 days leading into that open if that makes sense um And, you know, and so my thought process was as well, if I, you know, last year I finished, where was I? I want to say 87th percentile or something. So I just missed quarters. Sure. And so I'm like, if I can make quarterfinals, that'd be kind of cool. You know, that'd be, you know, I definitely need to clean a few things up, starting with, you know, number one going into it in my best fit shape. And so I, you know, I kind of viewed it with a, a couple of different things. It's like, I need to, you know, change the type of workouts I'm doing and prepare for the gauntlet. Cause that's a much different beast, both from a volume and to your point, like a pacing standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then I needed to make some really serious nutritional changes to make that work. You know, sure. man can't well, live on pizza and beer alone, you know, no. not at this um, age. Yeah. Uh, Man, I feel like from a nutritional, just from the fat standpoint, it would be challenging. But you'd be close. You could, you could get, you could, you could hit some macros, hammer and pizza and beer for sure. Um, it's tough though. I mean, you can. But it, it's dirty <laughs> calories. It's like winning okay. dirty. I yeah, totally. It's like winning dirty. You know, it's right. like yeah, exactly. You, know, you can't do it forever. You can get away with it for like the real short term, and and everybody falls into that trap. If you ever do this, you like you go out on like a Friday night and you eat some really shitty pizza, but it unbeknownst to you it probably hit your macros perfectly and then you get up the next morning you just crush a workout and you're like oh, oh i yeah. should do this all the time all the time what's the reason behind that you know wait say that again you broke up a lot you feel, you feel so good after um after after nights like that you're not out pizza night oh i love pizza night i love it so much Anyway, so yeah, so I had to change. I wanted to do some nutritional changes because I thought that uh, was an area I needed to dial in 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 a in a big way. When you train for these things, where do you do you start with nutrition? Do you start with you know specific training, or do you normally you normally just go you go on a humble brag and tell me you're great nutrition all the time anyway? No, um, I mean I'm I'm like seventy thirty most of the time. I pretty much eat the same things throughout the week. 
Um, I have my eggs and, and breakfast meat mostly every day with bagels. Um, middle of the day, the sandwich, I, I eat a lot of yogurt, fat-free yogurt, because um, I eat a lot of heavy fat breakfast foods. So I go fat-free yogurt. And then our dinners are um, is what I eat with my wife. And then we switch that up to usually like one of like, it's like 10 to 15 different things that we kind of just cycle through, right? It might be some sort of like sweet potato, we call it trash. It's like sweet potato sausage and things. We just kind of throw it on a pan and put it in there or like a chicken sausage bowls or chicken or steak or something like that. And we just kind of keep it simple with the salad at night. Um, and I, I'm pretty steady Monday through Friday. Um, and then we'll have pizza pretty much once a week guaranteed. Um, and then crumble once a week, pretty much the same night. Most of the time it's Fridays. Um, and then we just try and keep it there. So I, I'm really consistent throughout. I don't change a lot. The only things that I'll really change, um, is based on how much I'm weighing at the time in the past, like nine months, I've really started staying heavier. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's purely based on like an extra protein shake every day, which is a roughly 50, 50 ish grams, uh, in it. And if I'm staying on that, I'm going to stay heavier. So I'll be mindful like I'll make sure to check the scale every night. And that's really the only thing that I change. But I try not to make big waves or changes throughout my training year or anything like that. My training is really what is um, what changes the most based on what I'm looking for, what I'm doing. Um, I work quite a bit. So my training volume is exceptionally low compared to really anybody. I mean, it's even lower than what we write for my 65-year-old masters because um, I just don't have the time to train that much. So – uh, you mentioned you're doing this protein shake late at night is protein. Like you're when you're looking at your macros, is this like you're, you're going, all right, I got to hit protein. Yeah. Protein is the only one that I focus on. And, and when I started that mm, eight months ago from like my bodybuilding years, so we're talking like pre-CrossFit. Um, I just, I just started staying 10 pounds heavier and I felt great. I'm not super lean, uh, compared to what I have been, but I'm, I'm just, I just stay heavy, which is the craziest thing. Cause I've never been able to do that. And that was the only thing that I changed. And then creatine, I every day, five grams, no matter what training, not training doesn't matter. I always stay on it. So those are, the, those are really the only two things that I, um, high prioritize. Yeah. I don't, I've never counted macros. I can't do it. I know I eat the same things every day. I stay about the same weight. And then it's just based on that shake, um, is if I'm training a lot, I'll make sure to have it every day, even on off days. And like, once I have, my my son will be here in a month. I'll probably stop because I won't be training much, and so I won't need the extra the extra bit every day. How much protein are you taking in? Um, I try and get in body weight, so it's it's around one sixty to one eighty, somewhere around there. It's probably still technically a little bit low, um, but if you look in all this all the if you take in the weekend when I take the shakes and then eat pizza and all those things, it's probably over, right? Because you get way more on that stuff. Do you give any thought? Um, particularly like in your line of uh, business to the foods you're taking in, creating inflammation or, you know, creating things that could make your workouts harder. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, um, so I ate a perfect bar religiously every day for four years and I was always very lean and small. And then once I started getting, getting heavier, um, I just realized that I stayed bloated every day. And I would eat a pizza and it wouldn't happen. I would eat ice cream. Wouldn't happen. Crumble cookie wouldn't happen, but I'd eat a perfect bar and that'd be the only thing I have. And I would just be 
massive. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable, gassy and all those things. And so I think everyone has some of that stuff, but if someone is struggling with a lot of inflammation naturally, like post-surgery or, um, uh, or they're in a lot of pain, then we'll start to dig into it. But I usually don't go there first. That's just not me. Cause I'm not a nutritionist. Um, uh, I want to try and stay in my lane. Uh, and nutrition is substantially harder to adjust than what you're doing fitness wise. I've always found that like fitness is way easier to make, um, increases or decreases or adjustments to your training day rather than talking about nutritional changes. Oh, dude, you were so spot on there. I, uh, you know, I started these changes about three weeks ago and I started nutrition and training volume changes at the same time. And it's taken me until today to finally figure out like, what's the good mix for me food wise and timing and like tweaking all the little things I need to tweak to make it work for me. So I can get through the day without a feeling like I'm starving and B like make it work for the workouts. Whereas with the training, they're just like, all right, we're going to go do an hour's worth of stuff. I'm like, all right, let's go. And I can just go do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it sucks and it's hard, but I've done all that stuff long enough. You just, you kind of figure out where you take your breaks and. Yeah. I read a quote really early on. Um, uh, and it was about, it was about business and and kind of like self-help stuff, but it, it basically came down to, um, consistency and habits will build volatility and volatility will build like preparedness. Um, and so, I've kind of always taken that in. And so I've never really been one to like completely avoid alcohol forever because of, you know, I get to the point that one drink takes me two days to recover. I don't feel that I'm that, you know, um, adaptable of a person. Or if I have such a strict diet that when I want to eat crumble cookie that I know I'm not going to be able to train for two days or I'm going to be so such in bad shape. I look at that and I, I think that kind of puts us at a disadvantage And the early CrossFit years, like, 14, 15, 16, 17, like some of the, you know, not rich, rich was very open that that guy ate Chick-fil-A every day, but everyone else was, I mean, they would go, you know, these crossfitters would not drink for nine months until they finished their season. And then they would binge for three. And it was just like, you know, why take yourself to such extremes if you become so sensitive to any changes, right? Oh, if I don't get nine hours, then I can't train. I don't know. I've just, I've never been that cons- or that serious about training. Correction. I've wanted to be that serious about training my whole life. I've never had this, the ability and the genetics and the gifts to be that serious. So, um, so I did, I fasted for two years and, um, and it was great. I did great on it. And then as soon as I stopped was when I started obviously gaining a lot more weight. Um, and so that was two years ago now that I stopped. And so, you know, it's, I've gone back and forth with all the things and I've done well with all of it. And I don't think I did very well at first, but keeping that in mind of you being able to make huge changes and let the body do its job, I think is really important. Yeah. It's weird. You know, when we, I'm not going to go too deep into the diet stuff cause I'm actually going to have them on to talk about it at some point. But um, what's interesting is like, we, we've been focused on how to reduce inflammation. I mean, I'm old, right? So we're trying to, how do you reduce inflammation and recover faster was a goal, which is a hard goal when you're 52, you know, it's difficult and, you know, I'm, I'm a real, as long, I've done this for a long time, but I'm a real amateur when it comes to food and, and I, you know, come on, I love drinks and, uh, and junk food and crumble cookies. And like, I love that stuff. And so, you know, they give me my macros and they're like, all right, you know, here's what you're going to hit or what you need to try to hit. 
And so I go buy a bunch of stuff without asking for a lot of details. And then we get back together and they start looking at the stuff I bought. And they're like, yeah, you can't take this protein shake. It's got palm oil in it, you know, or some sort of oil, you know, sunflower oil or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, they start like picking apart the things in these things that I perceived as healthy, which I would say comparatively, they are healthy, like certainly healthier than a slice of pizza or some of that. But, you know, just like looking at the little things that would cause inflammation for someone my age and how all those things tend to, um, you know, compound when you have a lot of them in your diet. So to your point of the, the bar, just doesn't work for everyone. Like there are some things like that, that I think maybe we're getting in my way a little that I just wasn't seeing, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to tweak that and learn what works for me and what doesn't. And like trying to, you know, the, Oh, where'd you go? I lost you. What happened? I don't know what happened. Don't be touching nothing. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, just like, um, you know, trying to tweak, the diet to a point where it's manageable and doesn't feel like it's having to be overproduced because that's 100%. not very sustainable, at least for someone like me. But at the same time, you know, trying to be cognizant if there are things in the diet, like you were mentioning the, you know, the bar you were taking that are making me feel bloated, like finding something to replace it with. Right. That's better, you know. Yeah. I replaced it with frozen chicken nuggets, by the way. <laughs> I love it. Any particular brand? Yeah, so Sam's has these Chick-fil-A knockoffs, and they are, members mark, amazing. They taste just like Chick-fil-A nuggets with some Chick-fil-A sauce. Dude, three-pound bags, 13 bucks, you can't beat it. I love it's it. It's the best. Well, it sounds like we're probably not that far. You know, like, I, I'm trying to manage it the same way that you're describing, which is I'm just trying to hit protein first. Now, they've given yeah. me, like, a really specific – um you know, macros for fats and carbs and protein, and then even gone as far as to give me very specific meals for pre-workouts, you know, to, to test, to see if it works for me. Uh, who you went, I, I know, I think I know who you went with, the, the, to be human. Like, yeah. 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 Then, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the doc, it's, you know, one of the, you know, the two owners, Jen and Tom, Tom's my doctor. He's with, okay. uh, wild health or CrossFit precision okay. care. And then Jen owns uh, Sugar and Falls CrossFit here in Cleveland. And um, anyway, yeah, you know, it seems to be working for me so far. But, it, you know, it's it's a, it's a lot of work. And to your point, it's like, tough for sure. you know, I, you, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt there. And, and I think that's why I've kind of found this just like what is consistent for me and easy. And that's why I'm a creature of habit. I like I'm a creature of ease. And, and so it's what easy, it's what's easy. It's what I like. And so I pretty much just stay similar to what it is. And I've never counted purely because of that, because of the time committed to it. And I've never really wanted to. Well, I think it's okay. You know, I mean, everyone, you know, I'm training for a specific event, so I'm not sure everyone has to, you know, count their, their macros or their calories. Although I think it's a great idea to have a pretty good idea of what you're taking in yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. And I'm doing this specifically to, and to the point of what we came here to talk about is to, to be able to appropriately manage the volume that I've increased to. So when you look at volume for, you know, someone my age or a master's athlete, um, how much is too much? I know it's a very yeah. broad question, but, um, broad, but it's a good one. Uh, uh, John, remind me how old you are. 52. So old. I'm a youthful 52 though. Uh, youthful yeah, 52. Sure. Um, 
Okay, so I think there's a lot of initial factors that have to play a role, right? What's your training age, right? What's your experience level? Um, what you've done within that training age, right? Like if you could have trained your whole life, but if you're new to CrossFit, it's just a different world. Um, uh, what your goals are, obviously, what your time commitments are, what your life looks like. Okay. And so you have to take all of those factors into consideration. And uh, then you kind of spit out this time allotment per week, right? Okay. I can train an hour and a half a day. Okay, cool. All right. So in that hour and a half, we decide what the goals may be. And then we work all of the training around those goals, whether there's a timetable to that, i.e. a competition um, or a just a, a very objective, I want to get a muscle up, right? I want to squat X number of plates, right? And so all of those things are taken into consideration, but you don't know until the athlete starts to go through it, right? Like you can have right. all this preparation or you have no idea how they're going to respond to it. And so some of the other factors that play a role in how people manage volume themselves specifically is what their sleep is like, what their stress levels are like, what their nutrition is like, what their movement quality is like. Cause you have to remember a hundred air squats for someone who moves really well might not be that much, but a hundred air squats for someone who moves like shit could be super taxing. Right. And so I, I got kicked off, but the, there was a question on double unders and box jumps, right. You know, over the 55 athletes and after the games this year, unfortunately the, there it is. And so, um, the, you know, there's, there's probably a very specific movement limitation for this athlete that is causing this beat up right now. That doesn't mean that you should jump in super high volume every day. Um, but if we cleaned up the movement patterns there, then usually we can tolerate more volume, right. Or just cleaning up the movement patterns allows us to just be better at them. And then we don't have to do them in so much volume. So, I don't know if that's a hundred percent answering your question, but uh, in short, how much, how much is too much? We all need way less unless you are going to the games as an elite individual because even the 35s didn't have a lot of volume this year. Not a lot. It was nine workouts, eight workouts, but it wasn't a lot of volume. They were all really easy from a, a relative standpoint. Okay. The swim workout wasn't exceptionally taxing. The power clean, the clean workout to parallel traverses wasn't exceptionally. The only taxing workout from the masters that was like really a beat down was probably the sled push wall ball workout. I mean, that workout was real tough. But other than that, we don't need as much volume as everyone thinks because they all watch old rich videos and all of that. And they see Tia post a video that says 13 hour training day. <laughs> okay i'm not doing that yeah. I, you know i guess you know my thought though is i always wonder you know where, what are you where's doing? the oh, balance but where's the balance between number of days a week and sure. amount of time spent in the gym on the day you're there like that's yeah i think i think the best way to, is going to be to be a little specific so let's let's use you as the example so what are you doing currently well right now i'm on six days a week okay. um Four of those days are done at my affiliate. I scale those four workouts personally okay. um, because the other, I take one full rest day. When I say full rest day, I don't do crap. Like it is mm -hmm. as restful as you can get. 
Uh, I mean, I might like mow the yard or something dumb, but nothing that takes any real effort, you know. Um, And then on the weekends, I'm doing what I'm calling gauntlet training, where I'm I'm off with my nutrition coaches who are my, you know, kind of my other two coaches. And we're doing Mm -hmm. really brutal consecutive workouts that will be, you know, the full hour, like literally 60 minutes end to ends or an hour and a half even, you know, like. Okay. And so during those, right, what's the goal just to get, be able to tolerate the volume? Well, I mean, we've got multiple goals we're working on. So part of it is, uh, to, you know, like right now we're assessing, um, everything from, you know, how good I am, am I at hydration? Like how much do you sweat? Cause it, you know, to your, your, one of your very first points was it's super hot in Florida, you know, mm-hmm. so having good uh, hydration is going to be important. There is the volume factor that it's an hour long workout. So we're trying to figure out right now, how do you fuel for that? And, you know, trying to figure out where am I going to hit the wall? <laughs> you know, by the way, Saturday, it was the 40 minute mark right on the money. Uh, and it was an hour long workout. So the last 20 minutes really sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, and then a, a lot of it is also throwing in movements that we you know, think could possibly show up or just working on weaknesses, maybe is a better way to think of it. And then we have a lot of little micro goals. It's everything from, you know, learning how to recover through a movement. So we'll, you know, like this weekend, one of the workouts involved trying to recover while you're doing double unders or recovering while you're on the assault bike. You have another movement coming up after that, you know, the harder movements, the second movement, you know, Um, So there's a lot of little micro goals, but, you know, those weekend workouts tend to be more about, um, you know, length of time and it's grunt work, you know, and during the week when I'm doing the stuff at my affiliate, that's more skill work and sprinting and um, learning how to make smart choices, you know, in rep schemes, that sort of thing, where to take breaks, that sort of thing. Okay. All right. So. So you do both of those gauntlet workouts on Saturday, Sunday? Yep. Okay. And so then you go right, and then is your rest day on Monday or is it on Friday? Uh, actually, rest day is Thursday. So okay. I rest day, and then I do a you know scaled workout on Friday at my affiliate, and then I'll do Saturday, Sunday at this other affiliate. So I would say already the volume's too high. There's no need for that. With two gauntlet days back-to-back, I would say Monday, Friday – should be rest days. You need to be rested going into it and you got to take a day coming off of it because you're going two gauntlet days. So you're going a training day, an affiliate day, two gauntlet days, and then three, you're training six days in a row. And I know it doesn't look like six days in a row, but it is right. And that's a lot. There's no way by even by Monday that you're worth anything as far as effort. And you'd, push you'd have and, to see me to make that assertion. <laughs> um, you know, and so, so, the adjustment there, I would definitely think that you need to be moving everything around. I also think two gauntlet days is probably too much personally. Um, uh, but, but I, I'm not going to try and make huge changes, but I think adding an extra rest day in the day before and the day after gauntlet, you'd feel a million times better, a million times better. And I think you would really benefit from the recovery that you get. Um, and then also being fresh going into it. And I know you might scale on Friday and, and things like that. And it might be an active recovery, right? We can make all these justifications behind it, but, but that's too tough training. That's basically two hour long aerobic sessions, right. hour and a half aerobic sessions, right? If I were to tell you that you were, 
if we if we were to restructure it as um, you just did the gauntlet every Saturday and Sunday, not off a rest day, into three training days every day for three months, it would sound different, right? You'd be like, that's crazy. Why would someone do that? But that's what you're doing, right? And even though it's training, if you're structuring it like that, it's hard. And then also we have to look at the way that you're structuring it, right? Is this all like high contraction movements, i.e. like couplet CrossFit things, right? Like thrusters and pull-ups, overhead squats, power snatches, et cetera. Or do we have a lot of sled work and tire flips and I don't know, whatever else strongman stuff that we need. And if we don't, those things have to be in there or then your contraction volume is probably substantially too high, but I know you've seen it and I assume those things are probably in there. Yeah. yeah. It's incredibly varied uh, from what we're doing. I mean, we're we're not doing a ton of replication and, you know, it's like an example of, of this week, this weekend was a little different uh, because we had we did a hero workout on Sunday for nine eleven. Um, but the previous work weekend we did uh, on Saturday we did three uh, six. It was six rounds of two minutes. So you for in two minutes you'd have to do as an example um, fifty double unders and fifteen wall balls. You do that in two minutes. When you're done, you rest the remainder of the two minutes, and then you do it again, six rounds. We get a two-minute break. We do another six sets of two movements. This is the kind of the rest, you know, recovery mm-hmm. piece. Yep. Rest two minutes, do another six sets. So in, right. in total. It's 54 minutes of work. Yeah, right. Uh, then the following day, it was all grunt work, sled pushes, Unweighted step ups, ski erg, uh, running. Um, what was the other movement? There was a sled push I hated. Oh, Devil's Press. That one was terrible. I hated that one. Absolutely terrible. So, okay. So, so on the second day when you go in there, how do you feel? Um, that day, not too bad. I mean, because the first day was, um, you know, all things that I, I don't mean, I don't want to humble brag and say I was good at them. They're just all movements. I've seen yeah. a lot that I've done a lot. Like sure. that's, that's stuff I've done in the gym for ever, right. you know? Um, so yeah, not too bad. Okay. So I would, so the thoughts that we want to think right going into the second day is, are we just going in to do grunt work and are we just doing it slow just to move for an hour? Sometimes I think that's appropriate, Right. Most of the time, I don't think that's appropriate. And even with so, I definitely think that your Monday should be an off day, mm. personally. My Monday is like, usually really light for whatever that's work for two reasons. Number oh, no. Not again. For one, I work. You know, I have a real job. I'm, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a real job. So I'm working, you know, almost all day on Monday. So my Mondays are usually super light, like not – you know, nothing crazy. And when I say I scale, like I pull way back on those scale days. I don't even consider RX weights for whatever the gym programs, just not, you know, and like today I worked out at home because I, I looked at what the gym had programmed and it didn't make sense. It was a lot of toes to bar and I just done them the day before and I wasn't going to replicate what I'd already done. So, sure, you know, yeah, it sounds like you make, it does sound like you make good decisions in general. I'm still going to hold that you need – if you're doing two full gauntlet days, you need two full rest days. Okay. I don't – I, at you know, um, with the only goal is to be ready to tolerate it. You only have to do it once a week. And to be honest, you probably don't 
the one thing, the, the pitfall we don't want to fall into, right, is doing volume just to be ready for volume. Um, that's not usually how it works. You also, your 54 minutes of work in that workout is way more than the gauntlet's actually going to give you for one, right? Because you have a lift and then you have like, you know, section breaks. You work for about 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. Um, uh, so I think some of the things that, um, people think to like be ready to tolerate volume, you have to do a lot of volume. Well, first you have to be able to move fast enough to be effective within the workouts themselves. Right. And you can't do that when you layer on a lot of volume. Right. And what I mean by that is, is CrossFit used to be in like 11, 12, 13, 14, maybe 15, who could just last, right? The like the good old days. Who, who, whoever uh, puked first won. Right, exactly. It was, it was, you know, who yep. who could not get heat stroke the longest would be the winner, right, of 16 Murph, right? So it's not like that anymore, right? Speed of rep is really important, like a devil's press, okay? There's a difference between doing three devil's press in a minute because you're tired or doing seven, right? And that's a huge, that's a worldly difference, right? And so... Training in the sled is different. The pig flips are different. Farmer's carry is different. Things like that. The, the pure grunt work is is a little bit different. But but the other things, right, you, you still want to make sure that you're able to have the speed of repetition first before you really layer on the volume, right, like a burpee, right, or a thruster. Or, you know, you want to be able to have an efficient movement pattern. You want to be able to do the pattern without putting it down every two reps. And then you want to be able to do the pattern to be competitive. And then you really layer in the volume when you're tired, same thing with a burpee, same thing with a box jump over or a wall walk, things like that. Like everyone can do 30 wall walks, right? Everyone. Now, some might take an hour. Mal O'Brien might take two minutes, right? Like there's like that big of a difference. And so making sure that we don't skip too many steps to focus on the volume is really key. And I think that kind of pulls back to the goal of the show is there's a lot of steps that need to be hit first over just doing a lot of repetitions. So, all right. I'm, uh, I may or may not take your advice on the rest day. We'll see. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you what I do want to talk about through this though, because I think this is the hard part of kind of expanding what I was doing from a training to what I'm doing now is dealing with the tweaks that come with it. You know, um, and there's plenty of them right now. I have a legit injury on my right hand, um, or it's a major tweak. I'm not going to call it an injury yet. I'm just going to be stubborn there, but then there's all the little things, you know, like I'm, cause I'm doing some stuff. I, that I'm, because I'm working on weaknesses, I'm now starting to get sore in places. I don't typically get sore, which happens, right? Like we did some Mm -hmm. bench two days ago and now my titties are all (laughs) hurting, like, you know, it's just like not fun. And we're doing a lot of, uh, you know, barbell and, you know, pull-ups and toes to bar. So my hands are just, you know. Walker has a course for that and hand care. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that Ben has a course for all of these things. It, uh, I miss Ben. I miss Ben getting to tell me about all his courses. Um, What's the hand care video? Um, I think it's the biggest video ever in Walker. I'm trying to be Ben, guys. I that's, don't you're right on the money. It's exa- he's, he's given that speech so many times. It's a good speech, though. <laughs> I should start giving his speeches for him. You should. Um, But yeah, I guess like, you know, when I think of like, you know, how do you define the difference between an injury and a tweak? Sure. Yeah. 
and so this is this goes way deeper than just my big opinion because the term injury is um, we'll just look it up and we'll get. Um, well, just give me your opinion. I mean, I know we can yeah, get the so actual definition the, of it. Um, the term of injury is like an instance of being injured, right? And so what it boils down to from a medical standpoint is a structural uh, a structural deformation, right? There is a tissue, there's a biological um, change in the structure of your tissue, okay? So that's like the definition, the main medical definition of injury. And there's a huge flaw in that because... Lots of people have bulging discs, osteoarthritis, um, torn labrums, torn rotator cuffs, torn meniscus, MCLs, ACLs that are completely undiagnosed and they are 100% asymptomatic. So how is that person injured? Definition of injury, but they don't have any pain, right? So a better definition of injury is you are experiencing a symptom that is limiting you and preventing you from doing what you want to do. So that's the best way to look at it, right? That's an injury, okay? And so now that can come in a lot of grades, right, and severities. It can be very minimal. I want to do muscle-up sitting. My shoulder doesn't feel that good, and I'm probably not going to do very well after, like, five, okay? I can't get into a dip. My shoulder doesn't internally rotate at all. Much different than, than that, right? So um, – I look at it more so is like, what is your limitation and what do we think might be causing it? Cause we don't really know, right? We'll, we'll go into a lot of very specific diagnostic approaches and measures to, to see, or at least that's what they teach us in school. And then it's funny cause then we treat them all the same way. Like, Oh, you have this, you know, empty, empty can or the shoulder thing, you know, external, whatever. Right. AC joint, labrum, all these things, rotator cuff. And then we treat them all the same way, right? Isometrics, slow movements, bigger range of motion, faster movements. And so I look at it more as like, what's your movement limitation? And then that's how we diagnose the injury in my book, right? What can you, can you not do that you want to do? And so that's what the defining injury is. Okay, I keep, my arm hurts when I go overhead. Okay, great. You have pain overhead. That's what we're going to treat. We're not going to treat a very specific tissue because we don't, we have a lot of good evidence that we don't um, actually assess specificity very well. Um, and uh, even with MRIs and things like that, it doesn't, it doesn't help. And so if we just look at the symptom and the presentation of the person in front of us, we have a better chance of hopefully um, getting them to buy in, keeping them as active as possible, and then moving them in the right direction. All right, so then tell me if it's a tweak or injury then. Uh-huh. I think basically sure. what you told me it's a tweak, but uh so I don't you won't be able to see this on the screen. My middle finger mm-hmm. is you see it's slightly more swollen than this hand. Yeah. You slam it between two kettlebells. I don't know what I did to it. So I've got full range of motion. Can you know move it? It feels like a bruise. Mm-hmm. Like it's it feels like a bone bruise. I can close it, grip, um, hurts to do cleans. Okay. I can snatch fine. I can do pull-ups, hurts and pull-ups, hurts and toes to bar, but I can do them. Okay. Um, the other fingers on this hand, I can pull back like I'm doing cleans. I cannot pull right. that one back. Okay. Did you miss a clean heavy recently? 
Well, that's, you know, that's a real open-ended question, CJ, because I miss a Heavy for you, heavy for you, or have you done a lot of rope climbs recently? Uh, no, because I cherry-picked the hell out of rope climbs. Uh, okay. Matter of fact, I got to skip tomorrow's workout because it's got rope climbs in it. Um, no, but we've been doing, a t- you know, I mean, I guess it's possible. We do a lot of cleans, so I guess it's possible I did it during cleans. We, matter of fact, we had a workout a few weeks ago. This is where I suspect it happened. That was, it was three rounds uh heavy cleans and handstand push-ups and they were both higher up and yep. you know like and quick you know so i think mm-hmm. it may have happened there um but can you uh, handstand walk what's that can you handstand walk no god no okay. I, I appreciate you asking though it makes me feel good about well, myself you, so the things that would happen usually would be like a little bit of a jam right could have been a clean or like kicking up to the wall and it got it got caught and jammed or coming down from a wall walk um or maybe jumping up to the bar and grabbing and just kind of missing it does sound like a like a bone bruise right i would say it's probably nothing to be overly concerned of um how long has it been there a couple weeks yeah give or take uh ironically enough i can do wall walks just fine you know i found all the movements i can do the only thing i can't do at this point or that i'm refusing to do are heavy cleans and I'm only refusing to do them because I'm creating bad habits. When I go to clean, you know, I'll get, you know, it'll slide back on my fingers in my left hand and my right hand just, just stays at a death grip because it doesn't yeah, want yeah. to feel the pain, um, you know, and I don't want yeah, to like, so, control that I mean, bad behavior. I mean, so by like the, the definition of injury, you have an injury. Is it something that's worth making a big stink about? Probably not. You're making the right modifications. This is what we would do anyways. What hurts? Okay. Can we do any type of variation from what hurts? Right? So the goal, so we use the stairway method, right? Top of the stairs is cleans. Can't clean right now. I can clean light. Okay, great. That's like the next step, right? I mean, you can do literally everything except your load limited. All right. So, I mean, that means you're training pretty much fully. It's not getting worse, right? No. Yeah. So then it's fine. If it was getting worse, I'd say we'd probably need to back off on some gymnastics and maybe snatches or other things that might be causing some of the irritation. But it's not an issue to work into some pain, right? If we avoided research shows that working into low amounts, low grades of pain on a zero to 10 scale, like keeping it a five or below, um, is a good driver of rehab. And if we avoid pain completely, we usually never meet a minimum effective dose to create any type of tissue change or adaptation. Um, so did that make sense? Yeah. So you're saying I'm allowed to complain, but I have to keep working out. So yes. And you can complain up to basically like a four or five out of 10. And if you're complaining more than that, then you need to back down. So I don't like, so I guess that was because one of my questions around dealing with tweaks and injuries is like, you know, at what point do you start deciding, to you know reduce what you're doing or make the you know start making the choices if i'm hearing you right it sounds like you you modify but you keep working yeah always never stop ever doesn't matter what it is unless you've got like an extremely serious neurological injury or broken bones showing it's probably never reason to stop moving ever and so um yeah i mean there 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 is it now I think I'll kind of piggyback on that question and and open up the top, not the topic, but just kind of continue the conversation is like some people just kind of have consistent tweaks and consistent injuries and something is always wrong. And this is when you start to really look at 
the nutrition stuff and the lifestyle aspects. What is the total training intensity that you do? And so um, we combat this, you know, this isn't me selling, this is just talking about what we do to really fight this. Most of our training, most of the year is done by machine work or strongman stuff, right? Carries, holds, lots of aerobic, lots of machine work, lots of body weight. And that way, you know, we're not kipping year round. We're not doing heavy jerks year round. We're not snatching heavy year round. We're working a lot of our aerobic stuff. We're working pure strength um, lifts. And so this way we keep the, the high contraction and the high mandatory um, joint uh, stressors that's part of the sport out for as long as we can until we have to really focus into it. And so that's really, really important in my eyes, even for you getting ready for the gauntlet, you might not have to do two gauntlets a week, every week for 90 days to get ready for the gauntlet. Um, you know, uh, we'll find out, you know, we'll see how you tolerate it over a long period of time and it probably will go well, right. But not everyone can tolerate that kind of volume for that long, right? That's a lot. We'll see and when I so, beat Ben. When I beat Ben, we're going to see. Oh my gosh. If you fucking beat Ben, I'm going to <laughs> lose my mind. We won't be in the same division because there's no way. Fabulous. Doesn't matter. It, irrelevant. Irrelevant. If you get more points than more reps than him and finish higher, you beat him. I don't even care. I agree. I agree with that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I think for yours specifically, um, you know, is it, is it by definition an injury? For sure. You have swelling, you have inflammation, you have pain. Um, is it limiting you from what you want to do? A very minimal amount. So I would say keep doing what you're doing, right? Minimum, minimum intervention is our goal, right? As PTs and wide prep and my, my clinical practice, terrible business model, but the right model is if someone comes in and they're like, man, you know, I have some shoulder pain. I'm like, well, what are you changing? Like nothing. Like, okay, they talk to me and then they're like, yeah, it's like a one out of 10. I'm, okay, we'll go through an assessment, give them a little bit of advice, and we send them on their way. They don't need rehab. Could I have brought them in for 10 sessions? Totally. Do you, right, um, do you prescribe, um, you know, like the, the big trend lately is ice baths, cold plunges. You pre- mm-hmm. Do you prescribe to this at all for like tweaks and injuries like this, or, or is it all nutrition and rest and, and movement? Um, you know, there's some, Wim Hof has some, quote, some some pretty insane studies out there that talk about massive hormonal changes that come with consistent ice baths and things like that. Um, uh, but we also, we also know that extreme colds create inflammation in the body. They just do, right? There's also research out there to show that ice baths after hard training sessions can continue to progress inflammation post-training, not stun it and stop it, which is what everyone thinks happens. Um, I think ice baths, ice baths are really good for body temperature control, right? If you're training in the South and it's really hot and you have to do multiple sessions for the day and you need to cool down quickly and feel like you're back to baseline as fast as possible. Yes. I think there's, Seems like there's a lot of good from the the mental aspects of it, right? This grit and a lot of stuff that Don is doing. And, um, uh, you know, I, I like that stuff, like just getting over fears and discomfort and learning how to be uncomfortable. I think there's a lot of important stuff there from, from a psychological standpoint. But, 
there just isn't the evidence just isn't crazy great for it. So if you like it, do it. If you don't, yeah. See, Ben's been Ben's been talking about it, but I think he's just trying to plant a mental image of him in the shower or the bath. To me, that's all it is. Like he's not. Really yeah, not I think so. Well, that's why you know he. I ask him why his shirt is off in every video, and that's pretty much <laughs> the, the result. It's just like I have literally you know, seen Ben's nipples more than I've seen my own, and that's a fact. Without a doubt. That is, that is a fact I could do without it. What's well, interesting. I, I was wondering, like, I, you know, sitting around over the weekend, it was hurting. I'm like, I wonder if I should soak it in, in an ice bath. And I didn't because I kind of like, you know, I, I've never bought into the science behind it. I'm not saying it's wrong. Like I also have not spent a lot of time studying it. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert, but you know, I've, I've used ice on other sure. tweaks and injuries. I've never found it to be helpful for me personally, you know? Yeah. So we'll, we'll get a little nerdy, right? There's, you have some stages of healing and the first one is inflammation, right? Everyone thinks inflammation is bad, but inflammation is a biological part of healing without inflammation. We would not send the blood cells and the nutrition to the area to create scabs, to re, um, reattach torn ligaments and tendons. I'm saying that they they don't reattach, but there's still things that get sent there to create scar tissue, which is necessary the scar tissue sent to reattach muscle fibers, et cetera, those things happen for a reason. They don't happen because our bodies are broken, right? That's a normal thing. So when we take NSAIDs, non, you know, anti-inflammatories, or we take or we hammer ice for long periods of time, we can sort of interfere with that natural, very well-designed, millions of years old biological process that's been created so that we are top of the food chain. Right? I, I so, used to have a PT. It was actually my original co-host on kettlebells and cocktails. And he's really good at his job. He, he's a PT for a lot of the Cleveland Browns here in town. And he used to say to me, anytime you'd have it, he would say the same thing about inflammation. He'd be like, don't take Advil if you can help it. Um, you know, don't do the other things. He's like, take fish oil. That's what he <laughs> to me. He'd be like, take more fish oil. It'll be good for you. you know? <laughs> And I'm like, that didn't help a headache. He's like, I'm not talking about headaches. I'm talking about like inflammation. Yeah. Like you're not fixing your inflammation with Advil. You're stopping, yeah. you know, you're, you're stopping the healing right. process was his point, you know? Yep. So, For sure. Smart guy. Yeah. He was, he is, a, I said he was, he is a smart guy because he's still around. Yeah, sure. Just always thought that was interesting. Sure. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So your plan, I'm just trying to dig into your, uh, your training method. Mm-hmm. So your overall goal is to, do the best in the open, right? Um, that's well, that's my secondary goal, but yes, I would like to do better in the okay. open. Well, okay, so well, that 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 lays the point in, right? And we're talking about volume. So, is that the secondary goal? Is that prime? What's the primary? Is the primary? I don't know. If there, I don't know if there's one over the other. You got to keep in mind too. We're not planning to do, um, you know, kind of these grueling days, two, three days a week for the next ninety days. That's not sustainable for games athletes, let alone me. Um, you know, right now we're, we're kind of in the assessing stage right now. Oh, like, like, you know, one different, of the, one different of the, words now. Well, this is different. it's true though. Like one of the first things we okay. did, like one of those long grueling workouts, we did it not because we want to do a long grueling workout. We were doing a sweat test. And so, Perfect. you know, so we had the sweat patch and wanted to see how much I sweat over that period of time. So they could, you know, prescribe for lack of a better term, um, better hydration habits and sure. figure out what works for me. I had to throw yeah. out a lot of pre-workouts, I might add. It was very expensive for me. I did not oh, like it. All my favorite pre-workouts yeah, got thrown out. Especially for 
that kind of work. Oh yeah. 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 Maybe a little, maybe a little bit of simple caffeine. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So anything you know, other than that, you're going to be, you fried. So there's, some, there's some of that. And then some of these workouts are designed to figure out how well I do rest. Like we're looking at heart rate, um, you know, like this, this weekend they had prescribed the nutrition and they got really specific though. Like, all right, we want you to eat this before the workout. And then you're going to come in and do a 60 minute workout. And I did. And it was designed to figure out where did I hit the wall? Right. And I hit it at the 40 minute mark, which is not where they wanted me to hit it. You know? Sure. So we're now we're tweaking the, the nutrition a little bit, you know? Right. And so there's a lot yeah. of little things that go along with it. You know, I don't, I don't have any, doubt that we're going to dial back some of these long days and you know so it isn't necessarily about can i survive the hour like i know i can survive an hour i mean hell i've run marathons and half marathons and like i know how to pace myself for a, a certain amount of time um what we're really trying to figure out though it's like because you it was funny you mentioned it on the the devil's press that the workout that i did devil's press in was kind of designed around to figure that out how many devil's press could i actually get done because that would be my kind of my most tired movement and the one movement I was least good at in that one. And it was far less than it should have been. <laughs> that's wow. So yeah. now, now we're looking yeah. at the next few workouts coming up of like, now we got to work devil's press and figure out how, you know, can you do seven instead of three and sure. for how long and start to figure those things out. So, I mean, there's a lot to it. Um, you know, that's what training should be though. Right. And so to, to kind of double back here, this is substantially different than just saying you're doing gauntlet days, two days a week of like grunt work, right? This is a much different world, right? You're assessing now, you're finding where your holes are, and then you're going to attack them, right? So we find out that 30 devil's press for time takes you eight and a half minutes. Well, we know that it probably needs to take you about five, right? Theoretically. So how do we get to five? Well, we do imams, right? Or we do specific specified training. Right. To, to work those goals. And, you know, it's I think we're coming up on our hour here, but you know, I don't know how long we can stay on. But, you know, that's what boiled. That's that's what creates good training. Right. It's like finding your weaknesses and attacking them or being very specific with the intention behind your training. Right. And a lot of programs don't do that. Right. A lot of training isn't very intent, intentful. Right. Intentful over intensity is really key. Um, setting goals within workouts. Right. You know, you can do devil's presses every week, but if you're just doing them to do them and you just do them slow, then, you know, if you just want to get fit, that's probably the perfect thing to do. It's a great movement. I think it's a fantastic movement. If you want to be able to do 50 of them in five minutes, at some point you have to be able to do 10 in a minute and you got to train that and you got to be able to do 20 and two, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. And that training looks way different than just putting 50 on the board and going as fast as you can every time. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're certainly, um, you know, trying to be as intentful as possible around the programming. Like, I, you know, because the, these are two different affiliates, two different coaches. Right. I send the one that's helping me with the nutrition and the gauntlet training, my workouts I'm doing at the other affiliate. So we're not doubling up. And then I'm telling them, here are the things I know I'm weakest in. Like, mm -hmm. I know I'm not good at sandbag cleans. I know I'm not good at ski erg. These are things that we don't work in our affiliate ever. You know, that cool. will very likely come up in a gauntlet style workout that we need to work sure. on, yep. you know, sled pushes, flips, whatever. Um, and it's helping them sculpt that. So we're kind of in the phase right now where we're assessing. I bet if I had to guess and, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but I bet we're probably two weeks out from being fully assessed. 
mm-hmm. and then we'll have a much better gauge of what you know kind of the next 12 weeks are going to look like cool but, yeah that sounds much different than our initial talk so i approve oh except for <laughs> too many days but but that's all right i mean you know I, right now i'm still kind of going on feel when it comes to that i mean right six days feels pretty good right now but to your point it may not feel good in a week sure and you know i that would be my advice to people like you know, I, the question someone asked me today is like, what's the difference between smart training and like knowing, you know, quote unquote, know your body. Um, I don't, I don't personally agree with the know your body theory of training for people. Like, you know, I, I think you can listen to your body to some degree, but I think, you know, your point around, you know, if the volume is at X level, maybe you should be doing five days instead of six is very smart. And so they're going, well, I feel fine. I'm just going to keep doing six, you know? Um, you can do that in the short term, but the long term, it will catch up with you and it will catch up with me. Like I have no doubt that it will. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's an objective way to look at this too, right? You know, if you feel like if you're progressing six days, then consistently over time, it's probably fine. Right. Like you, you know, you continuously, you, you, you add weight to your lifts, you're adding more chunks to your weight lift or to your gymnastics, you're improving your skills and things like that. But, you know, most of the time that's not happening. And so everyone confuses this concept of just doing fitness and doing something to build a skill trained substantially different, right? Right. You're trying to prep for a competition with specificity. Lower volume is the best way to get to specificity because you don't want to do the things that you're working on tired ever until you're good at them and then you work on them tired, right? And so the whole, you know, know your body and things, just just look at the objectives. When's the last time you hit a PR, right? When's the last time you hit a bigger set of muscle-ups or when's the last time you even trained to do bigger chunks? Are you just going in there and doing GPP work every day, random workouts, Maybe it's a little bit of structure and weightlifting because that's what the class or programs do. Um, but then you just do hard semifinal and games workouts every single day. Or, you know, is that moving the fitness needle, right? Or are you just slogging your way through them? You know, that's like you have to be able to know yourself and create those assessments on your own. It's really important. Yeah, my, to- my mindset right now, CJ, is I'm in a 90-day window. This is a 90-day training window is all this is. <laughs> Like if, if, if the question were, John, you're now training for life, what does your week look like? I would tell you, CJ, I'm taking two, two full days off a week, every week guaranteed they're split, you know, by three days I'm taking, you know, Sundays and Thursdays off or, you know, whatever the two days are. And I'm doing one moderately long day, three sprint days and one medium day. Like that's what it would look like for me. And there's some strength, a lot of strict and strength training in there, you know? Yeah. Um, that would be my normal, you know, not training and, and there'd be some bourbon on the weekends, you know, right now it's just, it's a 90 day window. That's it. Yeah. Which is appropriate. Right. You know, I think managing like what's too much and what's enough, right. You know, if we're prepping for competition, that prep doesn't happen, you know, competition style training, like what you're doing, right. Is three to four months, maybe two to three months, depending on the person. It's not 12 months. And that's what I think everyone should really kind of grasp. Training should look different at different times of the year if your goal is to be ready for a certain competition or a certain event, right? That's really, really important. And if you're just looking for general fitness, do whatever you want. No matter. It's relevant. 
right? You're, you're going to get fitter no matter what you do. Okay. Um, that's how fitness works, but you might not get better right at the sport of fitness. And so keeping that in mind is important off season, pre-season or volume accumulation, all those things way too late in the conversation to get into the deep of that. But well, this is going to be a one and done for me. I'm doing this gauntlet this year and I'm out. I'm on. <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be 55 soon. Make the games run now. Mm, no, no, no. Have you seen how fit these 55 year olds are? I know, man. Yeah. I, I, I know. 100%. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I could go on Endurable now and test for the next two years while no yeah, one's testing me. And then two years from now, yeah. cycle off and I'd be just, just fine. Pop out for like, what, 204 or something yeah, like, like that? Yeah, like, wow. Willie put on 20 pounds of muscle and he's got a 12 pack at 55. That's all natural. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kept your 30, 30 inch waist. Hey, look, nothing but respect to those guys that are able to do that at 55 and to put in that work. Right. And mo- and virtually all of them hold full time jobs. You know, like that's a that's a real deal. Um, I'm not that guy. I, I like oh, I like that, pizza huh? and beer too much. And and uh, I like enjoying my life. But, you know, never say never. You know, I'm definitely um, cool. Yeah, I agree. Um it's uh, it's amazing what they can do and how fit the older age groups are getting. It's it's pretty wild. It's unreal, dude. Ten, I mean, if this were ten years ago, yeah, I'd absolutely try. Because ten years ago, I, ten years ago, I could have made the games as a fifty-five year old this fit, no doubt, no chance right now. Those guys are crazy fit. It's unreal. It's a whole other level for yeah. sure. All right, dude. It's been fun. Cool, I feel like we yeah, should. I feel like we didn't pitch enough of Ben's courses, so everybody go buy Ben's courses since he's not on. Well, he's got to pay for the hunting trip he's on. Yeah, I think we're selling. <laughs> um, I think we're selling a mobility bundle or something right now. Go buy it. Yeah, perfect. There you go. All Perfect. right, you're welcome, Ben. All right, big fun. Well, listen, we appreciate everyone joining. Ben's going to be gone for a couple of weeks, so everyone listening, uh, CJ's going to be filling in. We may have a few other special guests at some point, but uh, appreciate you guys joining, and we will chat with you guys next week. Thank you.